Welcome back to the Difference Maker Leadership Podcast Series for 2023. We are using this series to share the stories and learnings of successful leaders that are making a positive impact in the world around us with the hope that we, the total community of Diamond C, all of our friends and family are inspired and challenged to greater heights. So with that, I'd like to welcome today's special guest leader, Mr. Drew Barkley, um, who is a great friend of mine. Um, an awesome father and family man and a builder of great athletes and winning basketball teams too. Thanks, Jeffrey. It's an honor to be here. Um, you know, I consider you one of the premier leaders in our oh, area. Gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm really honored. I mean, you've already had a great lineup so far yeah. on your podcast. And so uh, when you asked me to do this, I was it was a big honor for me. Awesome. So thanks for having me. Absolutely mutual. Um, I, I'm so excited to get into the conversation today because for me, it's really, I think, a continuation of this conversation that we started at a New Year's Eve dinner here a few months ago, yeah. um, where we got to talking about um, how you and your peers go about leading and coaching high school students and and turning them from what we all are, punk high school kids, into um, into high performance athletes and winning yeah. teams. and And I was fascinated by the correlation of that to business leadership and how we strive to build teams at work. Um, it, probably a conversation I'll never forget for some reason. It just was really um, impactful to me. Um, but before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of that leadership, I'm, I'm going to ask you just to tell a bit of your story and background and, and life and leadership so far, kind of the, the five-minute summary of, of milestones that kind of lead us to here and now to give our viewers some context. Yeah. Um, so uh, growing up, you know, I'm a minister's kid, so uh, my dad hasn't always been a minister, but I uh, kind of have that background. So, you know, I got to witness firsthand leadership on a daily basis. Uh, his dad was the director of missions for the Potomac Baptist Association in Maryland. And uh, his dad, my my great granddad was a church planner um, as oh, well. Wow. So um, I kind of have that in, in my line. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my mom, you know, she kind of has the business mindset, the financial mindset mm -hmm. side. She's been a financial secretary and, and does accounting work. And um, so I, I inherited the numbers and yeah. that sort of thing. And then they're both life coaches as well. Uh -huh. So they've gone through life coach training. So, cool. you know, I kind of have a, a, a side seat to, to all of that that they've, yeah. they've experienced. And then so growing up, we we moved around quite a bit, I think. At one time, I counted twenty-five different places I lived. Wow. You know, I all no in clue. all in Texas. <laughs> you know, but um, uh, so you know, when I was born, my dad was camp director at a Christian retreat uh, center, and my mom was food service director. So again, leadership wow. right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad went to seminary, and so they were house parents at children's homes while he was mm -hmm. in seminary. So I kind of got the the team uh, aspect yeah. with a bunch of junior high boys and then high school boys living in those homes with them, um, as well as getting to experience you know different backgrounds cool. from, from all those kids. Um, and then my dad was on staff at a church out mm -hmm. in San Angelo, Texas. And so we moved out there for a while. I was in junior high, then moved back to Tyler White House area. Um, mm -hmm. And White House is probably where I really gained the love for basketball. I played okay. baseball growing up. Uh, mm -hmm. That's all I did. And then started mm -hmm. playing basketball in junior high and had some success my freshman year in San Angelo. And then that carried over to White House. We were pretty good, you know, playoffs every year. And so- okay. Uh, being part of success kind of leads you to to want to drive for more success. Yeah, right. right. Um, and so you know, went to college at East Texas Baptist and kind of toyed around with playing playing ball, but mm -hmm. but didn't. Um, was a resident assistant, resident director in dorm. So mm -hmm. again, more leadership experience. Right, um, right. And all this just kind of built upon upon itself. I, I wasn't the best at all of it, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then went on and, and got a, a coaching job, but a year after after college. Okay. Um, Coached at Hallsville. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of get into 
that a little bit later, but I actually became the head coach first season in. Okay. Wow. Uh, just kind of thrown in the fire and yeah, then, uh, yeah. was there for three years. Uh, went, kind of got out of coaching for a year mm -hmm. to, to re recoup a little bit yeah, after yeah. that experience. And then, yeah. Uh, became another assistant coach and then got okay. another official head coaching job later right. on at, at Linden Kildare and then now here in Mount Pleasant. So I've been here yeah. about, about nine years. So awesome. Uh, that's kind of my life journey in a nutshell. Yeah. So you're humble. Tell me a bit about y'all's record the last couple of years at, at Mount Pleasant. Yeah. So here in Mount Pleasant, uh, we've had a lot of success. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we've had a lot of great players come through. Um, it's not all been leadership, so mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's easy sure. easy to say that. But you know, talent always helps. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I had it all calculated last night. Um, it was like two twenty five and seventy five is like our overall record over the past nine years. Yeah, um, wow. In the last four, it's like one eighteen and uh, fifteen. Wow. Um, so wow. we've had a couple of seasons where our only loss is in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the past three years, so. Uh, we've been to four regional tournaments, nine straight playoff appearances, um, I think four district championships. Um, so a lot of, a lot of success. Yeah. Um, I had the honor of being named TABC assistant coach of the year last wow. year for the state of wow. Texas. I think it was one of eight in the yeah. state. So, um, it's awesome. You know, it's been good. Yeah. It's awesome. That record is so crazy impressive to me because it, it, you know, in business, we've got these targets and every department has targets and initiatives and these things that we're fighting for the win yeah. day in and day out. And our record is nothing like 115 to 15, <laughs> you know? Um, and so when I see you guys run a season where you win 34 games in a row, it just blows my mind. Like that, there's something special going on there. Um, how many teams in the district would love to win a few games? Right. And you guys win 34 in a row. Yeah, this past season was was pretty incredible. It was, it was one of those things where we didn't really talk about that. Like, you yeah. know, most teams are like, okay, we got to keep the record going. And, uh -huh. and I think our players just have, have been in our program and they just expected to win every time they went out. So, yeah. you know, that goes a long way. Yeah, man, it, it's fascinating to me, truly fascinating. Um, and, and so considering that record, what would you say are, from your experience and observations, what would you say are some of your your kind of key principles for, I'm going to say, two-part question, A, um, building winning athletes, and B, building winning teams? Yeah, so um, there's a lot that goes into both of those. For sure, um, of course. So, you know, for training the athletes, um, it, a lot goes into the athlete as well. You know, you know, I can give two different athletes the same workout, and one's going to get a lot more out of it than the other. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, the mental part of it and just being willing to be coachable mm -hmm. um, and and trust and communicate yeah um, that that goes a long way uh, the first thing I think is time you know we work with our guys during the summer we have summer workouts um, several of our guys play AAU basketball in the Dallas mm -hmm. Houston area all over really the US mm -hmm. and so they travel around playing um, improving their game mm -hmm. um, we do strength and conditioning with them then we have off season as well so uh, there's a lot of time that's put in to perfecting their craft and and um, there's times where, you know, we have to step away from each other even and take breaks because mm -hmm. they're, they're tired of listening to me get on to them all the time and I'm <laughs> yeah. tired of listening to them complain, you know, whatever yeah. it is. But, yeah. um, but time is, is huge. Yeah. Um, um, and then prioritizing that time as well, you right. know, like I said, time away, time with family, things like that. Right. So, um, one thing that I think is really important as well is just having that relationship with the mm -hmm. player. You know, there's some that I can really connect with and, and so they have that trust in me. I have that trust in them right. that they're going to, um, you know, take what I say to heart. Um, and there's some that I struggle, you know, yeah. to build that relationship with. Yeah. Um, and so one, one part of that, and I think we talked about this on New Year's Eve is, yeah. is that, that touch aspect. So, uh -huh. you know, anytime I see my guys in the hall or I walk past, I'm like, I'm always going to say something to them or I'm, I'm going to touch them and, you know, mm -hmm. 
whether it's a fist bump or mm-hmm. bump their chest or, right, or right. whatever, give them a hug even, right. you know, because a lot of our guys, they don't, they don't get that physical touch at home. Right. So right. Um, that's a big connection point uh-huh. um, and just, just kind of bumping around, being physical right. with them, you know, and, and right. just, just letting them know that I yeah. care about them. Um, and so those are really probably the main things yeah. um, that I really focus on. Yeah. And then just, just listen to the athlete, you know, rather than walking up to them and saying, Hey, do you see how your shot was off? Like you mm-hmm. missed, totally missed the goal on that mm-hmm. one, you know, mm-hmm. um, just ask them, Hey, what did you feel right there? Like, right. did you see anything or notice anything? How did right. that feel to you? Um, and right. then maybe give them one focus point. Okay. This next time you shoot it, I just want you to try this, Yeah, you know, and wow. then after that say, okay, how did you feel after that? You know, cause mm-hmm. like a lot of times as coaches, sometimes we can be very critical. Right. And we just come up and say, hey, you're doing this wrong, right. you know, and then immediately they got their defense up. Mm-hmm. And and so just kind of letting them guide themselves mm-hmm. um, goes Help. a long way as well. Yeah, helping them to figure it out, right? Instead yeah, yeah, of figuring yeah. it out for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, you know, you talked about um, investment of time, mm-hmm. right? Investment of time, building relationships. And I'm, I, I was just thinking about one of the things that, again, kind of fascinated me about the record and and y'all's success. And uh, every year you get a new batch of kids, right? Right. Or students. They'd be offended if I called them kids. Every year you get a new, <laughs> a new batch of students, right. um, athletes to, to assimilate into your team, into your program. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like in those first days, weeks with new athletes? How do you go about building that initial relationship, starting off on the right foot and, and assimilating them into your team? Yeah. So, um, well, we try to start off as young as we can. So we do have a, a D league that, you know, we start at third grade. And and so oh, wow. we have some of our players will coach those teams as well as community members. And then we have some, you know, contact with them. So they mm-hmm. kind of get a feel. Mm-hmm. Um, we go over the junior high some as well and get gotcha. to work with those guys. And yeah. so we try to you know show our face as much as possible. So they're at least familiar mm-hmm. with us. And then by the time they get to us at the high school, uh, that freshman group, they kind of get thrown in the fire and, uh-huh. and they're doing a lot of towel pushes. So <laughs> towel pushes <laughs> is kind of our thing for consistency. Okay. Um, okay. you know, we set, we set those expectations out early as far as, you know, what time you got to be on the court. As soon as that bell rings, you got seven minutes to be on the floor dressed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. If you're not there, you're running bleachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we get emails from teachers about you not behaving in the classroom or grades, or whatever, you got towel pushes. And yeah, so wow. we set those really early and we just have to be consistent on yeah. that. Um, so that kind of helps them get to where, okay, this is your character that, that matters. This is what we expect from you. Yeah. Um, and then as far as just the gameplay, mm-hmm. it's just, um, one of our models is nobody works harder than we do. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just an effort thing. We, we don't run just to run. Yeah. Um, we put time limits on everything mm-hmm. that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we expect you to play fast. If you don't make that time limit, you're doing it again, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, um, those are just some things that we do to kind of get those guys acclimated. And yeah. there's some that, you know, we'll stick with it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's great to have those guys for four years. There's some that kind of, you know, weed themselves out mm-hmm. and, and realize maybe it's not something they really want to commit to, but yeah. uh, those are some things that we try to do to. Yeah. I love that. You're investing in the same direction, investing early, setting expectations high, holding them accountable to those expectations, but that's your part of your process to assimilating them into a championship team or a winning yeah. team. Right. Um, so much of what you just said relates um, so well to business leadership ministry leadership, um, family leadership, you know, every dynamic. And that's what's, uh, you know, fascinating to me about it. Um, <clears throat> so the, the part B to that question, mm-hmm. um, would you have anything to add as far as building winning teams? Um, yeah, so that's individual players than the winning team. Right. And so, and our team is a little bit different than a lot of teams that we play. So, you know, we're, we're a 5A high school in Texas. That's one below the highest level. And um, so we play a lot of teams out of the, the Dallas area and, and a lot of those teams have straight basketball guys, you know, their whole team, 
they don't play multiple sports. They're straight basketball guys. Our team is majority uh, probably football, basketball. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, right now we're off season. We have about three varsity guys in the gym out of a 10 to 12 yeah. know, person team. So right. we got a lot of those guys that we don't see, you know, year round necessarily. And so they're, they're experiencing different cultures and other programs as well. So right. when we get them, there's always a little bit of adjustment period, mm -hmm. um, resetting expectations, hold them accountable to the ex expectations. Um, and so it is a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, but having those core guys in the gym year round, they're always gotcha. kind of our leaders that we look to to kind of um, lead by example uh -huh. and, and get everybody in line. But um, one of the biggest things I think is having a plan. Mm -hmm. Like you got to have a plan daily. Um, and so kind of a funny story, uh, my head coach and I, our, our first year together was nine years ago. And um, he kind of brought me in because I'd had some head coaching experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I remember, I remember vividly the first practice we go out and, you know, he has in his head exactly what, we're going to be doing. I have no idea. And so <laughs> he starts practicing. I'm just kind of sitting on the sideline. And I'm like, I don't even know what's next. What like right. what we're supposed to be focusing on. Like you know, I'm just going to yeah. kind of you know chirp, chirp or uh, chirp in here and there, yeah. whatever I can. But well, afterwards, I was like, dude, we got to have a plan. Like I yeah. have no idea what to do. Like I almost felt handcuffed. Um, <laughs> and so, um, which he he's come around. Like he he has a plan every day now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even on just yeah. you know basic workout days, he's got mm -hmm. a plan and. And so that really helps streamline everything. Um, yeah. And then even some, sometimes we even communicate that plan with the players. So yeah. they know, hey, this is what to expect in practice. Mm -hmm. um, this is what we're going to be doing. So yeah. don't pace yourself. Like you're going right. to go hard every single time. This right. is our focus points. And so yeah. that goes a long way. Um, yeah. Just getting everybody going in the same direction. Um, and then as far as just that, that team aspect, um, the more stuff you can do off the court together, mm -hmm. um, that really helps build that camaraderie. Gotcha. Um, Relationship building. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you you learn real quick kind of who your leaders are off the court. Mm -hmm. um, they tend to be the same ones on the court as well, um, mm -hmm. who who guys tend to follow and uh, listen to in the locker room and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, And then at the same time, um, as coaches, I think it's important to listen to the players. You know, I, I wasn't always this way. Um, I think when I first started coaching, I was – um, I had my expectations and mm -hmm. I expect everybody to fall in line and do exactly what I told them to do. And I didn't listen to anybody's input cause I'm the coach. I know better right. than you, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. uh, but just, I've learned to listen to the players, yeah. um, ask them for input, say, Hey, what do you want to do here? What do you think is the best play to run here? Mm -hmm. Um, what defense do you want to run? Cause that way they're comfortable. Yeah. It gives yeah. them confidence, um, yeah. in what we're doing. So, yeah. um, that goes a long way as well. Awesome. It gives them ownership and autonomy, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They have ownership in the idea, believe in it, makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about the importance of a plan and um, the, the plan of attack for the day, where we're going, how we're going to accomplish it, I, I, because I know your parents, I'm just flashing <laughs> back to what you said about their ministry experience and leading yeah. camps and things. And I'm just like, yeah, that's in your DNA without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, having the, the plan probably, for the day. Probably more my mom than anything. She's she's yeah. a plan lady and yeah. having everything uh, timed <laughs> out and mapped out. So, yeah, yeah. which I can appreciate. Um, I'm probably a little bit more like your dad, but yeah. I have to have partners around me that are that are the planners. Absolutely. Yeah. Um you know, so much wisdom in all that you just said, uh, but I'm always curious to understand, um, and maybe, you know, this reference to your parents explains some of it, but I'm always curious to understand kind of the backstory that leads a, a leader to lead the way that they do. Um, so as you think about your kind of journey through leadership and coaching and also far your experience, um, would you say you have any um, kind of key learnings or milestone events or things that have been impactful to shaping the way you think about coaching leading? Yeah. Um, one thing I felt to mention earlier. So in college, um, I got to travel a lot overseas and do uh, sports, basketball ministry. Okay. Um, 
I went to Poland a couple of times, so kind of got oh, to experience wow. European post-communist culture there. Um, and then went to Malaysia six times. Mm-hmm. Um, so got wow. to experience the Asian, yeah, yeah. Indian, I didn't Malay. Like that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it kind of became, you know, a thing I did every summer, mm-hmm. um, just building those relationships that I had out there and, and using basketball as a ministry tool. Cool. Um, and so that's really kind of shaped my worldview as far as understanding different people mm-hmm. um, rather than just judging different people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my, so my first or first coaching job at Hallsville, um, I was just the varsity assistant and about halfway through the season, head coach resigned and all of a sudden AD was like, you think you can handle it? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. I guess so. <laughs> um, and so I took over the, the four yeah. a varsity program, which would be five a now, mm-hmm. um, no coaching experience other than coaching little dribblers in high love school. It. Man, I love it. I can um, so relate. <laughs> yeah. And other just, you know, playing experience, that yeah. sort of thing. And and so we finished out the season, won a few district games. I ended up actually playing the whole season with underclassmen. Um, wow. Had some seniors that I didn't really see eye to eye with, and they ended up quitting. And mm-hmm. probably some of it was my fault, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. being a first-year guy, not communicating very well. And uh, But we ended up finishing the season off, get a few district wins. And then the following two years, I became the freshman coach as they brought another head coach in. So I really gotcha. got to learn and kind of sit back and see everything that I did wrong. Yeah, right. Um, and then... Um, Got another assistant job at Bullard uh, with one of my friends I played ball with in high school. So again, another chance to learn. And then my my first head coaching job at Linden Kildare. Yeah. And so going into Linden Kildare, you know, again, I kind of had that mindset, okay, I know exactly what I want to do. I'm going to run this no matter what kind of player I have. Mm-hmm. This is what what we have to do to win. I think we won nine games that year. Oh, we were wow. like probably nine and 16, something like that. Oh. Not very good. I mean, oh. I remember getting frustrated and just mad at the players all the time. And the next season I was like, you know what? I need to be more relational. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to, well, I talked to one coach, uh, Danny Henderson, mm-hmm. um, who was at Boise state for a while. He's a high school, longtime high school coach, coach Marcus Smart, Phil Forte of the, uh, Marcus Smart plays for the Celtics, you know? Okay. So they won a couple state championships, yeah. but, uh, he told me to read a book, which I never read, but <laughs> the title stuck with me and <laughs> it was, uh, make the big time where you are. And so that following year at Linden Kildare, I was like, you know what? We're just going to make it the big time. That way I get buy-in from kids, like make mm-hmm. them feel like superstars. And so we had we hung posters on the wall, um, did as much social media stuff, got them out in the community as much as we could. And yeah. so I've always kind of kept yeah. that motto of make the big time where you are. Love make that. it feel like this is the NBA. Yeah. Like you're a superstar player. Uh, people are watching yeah. you. You got a lot to live up to. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that helped uh, them take a lot more pride in it. Uh, the next year we won 10 games, so one better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a lot better experience uh-huh. for me, I think, for the players uh-huh. as well. Yeah. Um, and so that carried over into coming to Mount Pleasant mm-hmm. um, as far as just really, like I said, really listening to those players, making the big time where we are. We've tried to you know, do as much social media stuff as we can. Right. Um, we have the player banners on the wall. Yeah, yeah. We live stream our games. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just try to make it yeah. something that, is bigger than bigger than they are, yeah. And so they, yeah. they want to be a part of that, yeah. Um, but that experience of Linda Killer really really shaped me, especially that first mm-hmm. year. And that was first year of marriage as well. So oh, wow, <laughs> double whammy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So learning how to communicate better yeah. and and that sort of thing. But that was probably the the biggest moment um, as far as just shifting the way yeah. I kind of thought about about coaching. Got it, man. That that's that's powerful, and we see the same thing in trying to build teams here at Dominica and everywhere. Yeah. Um, you, know, you, you so much you you are what you think about right or you mm-hmm. become what you what you think about what you invest in and so that's so important for any of us in leadership positions which is everyone right in some respect or another right. to set the tone yeah 
um, set the tone and man, makes so much difference in mindset going into it. That That's a powerful learning for sure. It's also interesting to me how uh, almost every one of these we do, the the most powerful learnings are as a result of things like being thrown in the deep end to, as mm-hmm. a head coach your first year and having to kind of learn the hard way in the school yeah. of hard knocks. Um, that's where I said I can relate just <laughs> obviously not to coaching basketball in any way, yeah. um, but just the, you know, being thrown in the deep end and having to learn some of those lessons the hard way. Those things tend to stick with us, right? Um, so last question for you today, um, because the leadership of others, I believe so often is about learning and self-leadership first. We're always digging for that kind of application point. Um, so what action would you challenge our listeners to take from kind of the principles and ideas that you've shared today? Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about everything last night and, um, I came up with three words, Okay, maybe even throw in a fourth, but, uh, three words to kind of summarize, you know, everything that, that I'd probably try to do on listen on a daily basis. And the first thing is listen, mm-hmm. um, and just listening to not even people that are necessarily speaking to me, but as they speak to each other, right. um, like I said, listening to the player, um, the player has to listen to their body a lot of times, listen to their mind. And so um, just listen to um, just kind of what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then listening not to come back and have a, a rebuttal or, a, or an argument, but listening to understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, just understand where they're coming from, their background. A lot of our players, you know, don't come from a perfect home life. Right. And so right. just listen to where they're coming from. And then from that learning about that, about them, and then learning how to direct um, their success and whatever that may look right. like. Um, so listening first, learning from that listening, mm-hmm. and then through that, loving them where they're at. Gotcha. Um, and then, so listen, learn, love. That's my love three it, steps. And then the fourth man. one would be loop it. Loop it back around. So listen, yeah, start learn, love again. So, you know, it's a, it's a daily thing. Um, yeah. You know, dealing with, with teenage athletes. Man. Uh, you got to start over sometimes every single day. Yeah, you got to trademark again. that. <laughs> you got to trademark that. Listen. Learn, Learn, love, love, and loop it. Loop it. Man, love it. That is powerful, powerful advice for any form of leadership. As as a father, friend, community member, coach, uh, business person, any of the above. That is powerful. Um, Thank you so much um, for joining me for a few minutes and sharing some of that wisdom. It's absolutely an honor to get to spend a few minutes with you. Um, And and we'll definitely see that four-part story show up. In, in I'm sure many more of these um, leadership podcasts, but we'll figure out how to how to trademark that at least in Mount <laughs> Pleasant and circulate. <laughs> Absolutely, we're going to make a T-shirt out of it. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, thank you all for listening in and learning with me today. Um, now let's dig deep to apply that and to go and as we say at Diamond C to do work, love strong, and be the difference.